Hello and welcome to OTP Volunteer Table. I'm Don Kuhlhorn. We have in the Playhouse three kind of performance groups, if you will. The young company consisting of nine through 17-year-olds. The regular main stage group, which is everybody, young and old, depending upon the play. Then we have this age to perfection group, uh, ATP we call them aged 55 years of age and older. It's a reader's theater. You sit at a lectern, you sit at a studio, uh, at a music stand, and you read the play. Uh, We have a play presentation coming October 1, 2, and 3, and Margaret Ann Slauson is the director of that play, so she's going to visit with us, give us a little chat about her experiences at the Playhouse, how she got here, and then something about the ATP show on October 1, 2, and 3. So let's chat with Margaret Ann. All right, so Margaret Ann Slauson, thank you so much for coming up to the green room at the Playhouse (laughs) and giving me some of your time. You're very welcome. So you were uh, in directing, or is this initial directing? We'll get back to this, of course, but initial directing for a play? that uh, You're directing a play for the... uh, ATP group? Yes, this is going to be the world premiere of a play called Only on Pizza, written by Linda LaRocque, and she's the same person who wrote uh, Town Car for Sale that we did a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. So. All right, well, we'll get back to that, but the first question is always, how did you get to the Playhouse? What what calls do to come here? My initial contact with the Playhouse was back in the late 70s, early 80s, and you were doing a play called Godspell, and I actually love Godspell. So I think I saw nine of the 12 performances. I was unemployed and borrowing money from friends in order to come and see Godspell. I actually asked John the Baptist on closing night if I could run up on stage and get baptized along with the others. And uh, he checked with the music director who said he was afraid it would uh, start a crowd Right. from the audience, like everybody would want to come <laughs> up and get baptized. So um, that was my first experience with the Playhouse. I then uh, tried to audition for every musical there was in the next three or four years, never got a part. Went off to Washington, D.C. and lived down there for 12 years. Got some uh, got some parts under my belt that I could put together a resume so when I came back and they said well what have you done I could actually say I did ABCDE that helps when you're trying to get a part certainly does when you're a new person so um, I came back on a tech Sunday walked in the door and said those magic words do you need any help? (laughs) (laughs) And then the question was, well, what do you do? Well, I've done a little bit with lights. I've done a little bit with the dressing. I've done a little bit. I've done a fair amount of hair and makeup. And they said, go talk to Patty Brown. So that was a little house of horrors. What's the name of that? Play, little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. I knew House was wrong, but right. you know. And, and that's been, what, t- almost 20 years ago. Right. So since then, um, 
I've done a lot on stage and behind stage and painting the stage and painting the walls of the auditorium. So you just done you done everything, everything <laughs> and, and more. So what kind of a what what is your performance style? Are you a singer, dancer, comedian? What what do you like? What do you do? I love musical comedy. So okay. my first uh, of that in this theater was um, Music Man. And I went from there, not in chronological order, believe me. Um, I was in Maine, Annie, Oliver, um, Oklahoma. No, Oklahoma was Washington, D.C. It was Carousel. Carousel. Yeah. Right. Yes. And even though I was in some other things, I love comedy. I was in Barefoot in the Park. There was a scene in Barefoot in the Park where uh, I played the mother of the bride that was living in this little apartment that was six flights up or whatever. And uh, we had all gone out to have drinks. Is the drink called Uzu? Uzu. 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 Uzo. Uzo. Okay. Yeah. And on the way back up the stairs, I was supposed to have been very drunk and been riding my son-in-law piggyback up the stairs. And I said, you know, my mother's 50 years old, and I don't care how drunk she was, she would not climb on her son-in-law's back. That's something you have to do voluntarily. I said, however, if she was walking up the stairs, got to a point where she turned around and said, honey, I don't feel well, and started to fall over. He would grab her, sort of like fireman's scary, over mm -hmm. one shoulder and carry the rest of the way up. So we tried that one night. The assistant director literally fell out of her chair laughing. The director thought it was extremely funny, and we used it every night after that. So I can I can certainly agree with you. I don't know that I would climb on my son's back, <laughs> though he could carry me. It was uh, that would you just don't no. parents don't do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I can see the fireman carry being a a proper way to get that done. Yeah. <laughs> And that, that's very interesting. Um, so in the beginning, when you were here, you didn't get cast. What did you do about that? I mean, that's that's a tough thing for anybody, and especially if you've never been cast in a place. Well, then that's one thing. You, you feel that you still give it the old college try. Why did you stay around, and why did you keep coming back? Well... When I was a kid, I wanted to be Miss America, and my thing was going to be singing and dancing, and so I figured I would eventually get to Broadway with music and singing sure. and dancing. And Seems mind you, I'd never had any training in any of those things. But it was certainly <laughs> logical. You don't you don't need training in your child's mind. Exactly. <laughs> so I just kept coming back and just kept auditioning. Um, I remember auditioning for Little Abner, and I was very disappointed that I didn't get a part in that. But I just kept coming back, try again. What is it they say? If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Right, right. So. And that, that is something, that's the, I guess, the worst part of community theater, in that we only have so many roles, we only have so many things backstage, mm -hmm. we only have so many things throughout a season. 
and sometimes we have way too many people right. and so some don't get in for any number of reasons. If I remember correctly when they auditioned for Annie there were over a hundred little girls that showed up that yes. wanted to be Annie and it's, it would be an, a staggering figure to have to sort through these oh, yeah. little girls who all wanted it so badly they could they, taste it. And they want to yeah. be part of the orphans, any one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's always a it's always a tough struggle and uh, to kind of have your little pity party and come back and do it again. Well, the very so. first show that I did get a part in was due to a lack of interest. Tomorrow has been canceled. Oh yes. And it was actually put on by a, a student out at Interlochen who needed a space. And so she was given our downstairs space here at the theater and I got a part in that. So that looked good on my resume. <laughs> was, was that after you came back from Washington, D.C.? No, that was before, before you, I went to D.C. Before you went. What did yeah. you do in Washington, D.C.? What, what kind of plays did you get involved in there? Um, oh, dear. I had a girlfriend that was very interested in theater. She was an excellent singer. And she, um, she needed a person to be her partner when she was driving an hour or so to get to community theaters around Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. So I would go and audition with them. And she would almost say, like, well, we come as a set, you know, if you're going to got to have. So right. we did that. Um, but we did, we did Fiddler on the Roof. We did, um, I want to say Some Like It Hot, but that's not the name of it. It's the play within a play that has to do with Taming of the Shrew. Oh, Kiss Me Kate. Yes, we did Kiss yes. Me Kate. We did. And then she got to the point where she wasn't getting the kind of roles that she wanted. And she wanted to do some fundraisers for some people that she knew that had become ill and didn't have money. So she started writing what we called the Reader's Digest Condensed Version of things. Mm -hmm. And so we did Oklahoma and Music Man the same night with, <laughs> with just enough dialogue to get you from her favorite song to her next favorite song. Got it. And she directed and starred in all of them. Well, listen, <laughs> and that's what you, if you want to get in a play, write it. That's, a, that's it. <laughs> then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yes, no. That's a nice, nice thing that uh, there was no copyright issues with that or? Never mind. They Bye. were they were one night stands, fundraisers <laughs> for so and so. We never it. went there. In there and then out the door and never be caught. That's nice. right. That's... And we're talking thirty five years ago now, so <laughs> Yeah, we can talk we can talk all we want on the radio about it, on the podcast. Um, so now you came back to Traverse City and you're you've got in some plays. Um and you don't really care do you, do you have a druthers, whether it be on stage or backstage, or does it matter, or did it matter? A friend came and asked me if I would help her out for Beauty and the Beast, and I said, what do you need? And she said, I need somebody to stand next to the stage manager's desk and run the scrims. The trees have to come down, the castle has to go up, vice versa. And if I step away from the podium, 
to find somebody, I need your finger on the spot where we are when I get back so that I don't have to find my place and where the actors are on the stage. So that was my first experience at what a stage manager might do. Mm -hmm. And um, after the show, people were coming up and bringing their children up and they were meeting cast members and this little girl came up and I started talking to her and I said to her would you like to see what I did and she said yes so I showed her where the scrims were and how they worked and everything and she said I think I'd really rather sing and dance on stage <laughs> and I said well so would I but here at the Playhouse we take turns <laughs> well said and somebody has to do that so you can sing and dance That's on right. stage. So you got to right. have a little bit of both. I so. remember a meeting one time where they were talking about how many people it takes so that you can be on stage. And I think we got to the point for one play, it was 35 people backstage for the three or four people that were on stage. Right. And then somebody said, you know, if it wasn't for all those people backstage, actors and actresses would be naked in the dark saying lines. Saying lines to nobody. <laughs> to nobody. That's right. Well, we have this pre-show that we put up showing all the people who have worked on the sets, construction, and, and do the lights and everything else, and they outnumber the four people on the stage. Oh, definitely. By quite a bit. So yep. it's a, it's, you, it takes a village to put up a play. When they did um, Always Patsy Klein. I had my first experience as a dresser. And we had her clothes laid out on a sheet on the floor and she would come off stage, step out of her shoes, step onto the sheet, two, two of us. One would take her shirt off, one would take her skirt off. She would step forward into a skirt, pull it up, zip it up, and the other person would help her get a sheet, the, other, the new blouse on check her makeup, check her hair, make sure we hadn't done anything out of order, put her hat back on her, just step in her shoes and go out on stage. Right. And that whole thing happened a little bit faster than it took me to describe it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a magic backstage. We, we should do a, a video of some of the backstage work when it happens, that's great. So now you're um, involved in the ATP, the uh, Age to perfection. Age to perfection. I always have all things considered, all that. I just, <laughs> age to perfection. Uh, the, the group that's for um, individuals 55 and over, we like to say. Right. Right. Um, and how did you get to that? Is it not any roles here, or does that give you, uh, was that something more interesting for you? And of course, better opportunities, because there's fewer people. Well, as you get older, as many of us in the theater know, there are fewer and fewer parts for us mm -hmm. because they're not really writing theater for people our ages until they got to Grumpy Old Man and some of those wonderful things that they did in films, and right. then we kind of flowed over onto the theater. But um, there's a friend of mine, Barb Goodall, that started Age to Perfection with Phil. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the word got out pretty quickly to those of us who had worked with her on the main stage that she was doing this new thing called Reader's Theater. And so I went to find out what it was about. I loved it. I'm still there. It's been 
almost 10 years, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's been going for a long time. Yes. It's really, yes. really done some neat stuff. You play outside the playhouse at senior centers and other places. Mm -hmm. It's very, uh, very entertaining and, and, and educational. You yes. get to learn a lot. Yes. And so now you are directing a play. Yes. Uh, what does that entail? Was today your first meeting of your cast? Yes, today was our first read-through. Okay. And um, Did you audition it? Did you have people? I mean, it's a different different style of, of uh, a more relaxed theater group for yes. the Age of Perfection, correct? At, well, two things happened. At the last meeting, uh, when they had pretty much decided that we were going to use this play, we passed out scenes and had people read it. And it's a cold read, but you can still get a, a feeling for people's voices, how they are, how comfortable they are just picking this up and reading it, having never seen it before in their life. And so I'm busily taking notes during that. And the other thing that happened was that two years ago, when we still could, we were going out to um, senior homes and we wanted to do something different that we hadn't done. And I loved Only on Pizza, and so I said, can I do excerpts from Only on Pizza at different homes? And they said yes. So I had seven characters that were doing four different scenes, and they did a wonderful job. When I said I would like to direct it as a full play and do it here in October, I made the mistake of thinking that I was going to take those seven people and the four scenes and just get people for the other eight scenes and be done. No, <laughs> this person wasn't available. That one said she was tired of it. This one said they didn't. So I had to basically start over. Mm -hmm. And I used some of the same people, but in different scenes. And a few of them are in the same scene. Okay. But it, it'll it be, if you happen to have seen it at one of our senior communities, it's going to be totally different from what it was because none of the scenes are the same exact characters that were there before. How long is it? How, how long? It's about an hour and a half. An hour and a half. Intermission? Or just Short intermission. intermission. Okay. Yes. And it's a reader's theater. What's it about? Pizza? <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to find out what that line's about until the last line uh, of the play. Okay. It's, it, she just kind of leaves it there, but it's a very interesting title, Only on Pizza. Right. But um, it is two people who are getting together at their 50th high school class reunion and they had a crush, really bad crush on each other when they were in high school, but they went separate ways. So they're seeing their, each other for the first time in 50 years. And they're sitting at a table discussing, well, how's your life going, how are your parents? And um, he starts talking about how his parents are, they're both gone now. But we had the funniest thing that happened when there was a hurricane coming and we had to evacuate them from Florida. Well, at that point, the light goes down on that group and comes up over on three people in the front end of a pickup truck on their way out of Florida trying to beat the hurricane okay. and stay in safety. So when that scene is finished, they go back to Jody and Paul and they're discussing, oh my gosh, that's too bad that happened and we're doing this and we're doing that. And then the next scene comes up. 
So it's um, an interesting way to put a play together that I had not really thought of before, hadn't mm -hmm. seen it done exactly that way before. It is the world premiere of this show on stage, so the author's going to be here at least opening night. She says she'll be here all weekend, so that'll be cool. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So when does it play? October 1st and 2nd and 3rd. Okay. First and second will be an evening show, and the third will be a matinee. Okay. And it's going to be in the studio? Yes. In the Merry Schmuckle? Correct. Nice. How are you going to... It's a reader's theater. Correct. Yes. And so how are you going to be playing the different... Like the pickup truck, is it... Are you going to have some sort of a pickup truck or just chairs? And We're going to count on your imagination there as if you were reading a book. And there you have to count on your imagination to fill in the blanks. Okay. So, yes. And Polly says, when my parents evacuated in the pickup truck, right. um, our sound man is going to be kept very busy because he can do some little bit of engine and put, put from the pickup truck right. sort of thing and then um, go from there. All right, so yeah. that's going to be kind of a, an exciting thing to do it. And that'll be October 1, 2, and 3. Now, what else is the ATP doing? Uh, are you involved in the, um, what's the, uh, the com not the comedy thing. The improv? The improv thing, yeah. I just started going to the improv meetings and um, ATP is is looking at it as a way of improving their ability to speak and be candid and be given a subject matter and take it and run with it, mm -hmm. unscripted. And so it's been helpful in that way for us. I could have used it a few years ago when I was in Carousel and lost a line on the stage <laughs> <laughs> and of course the rule is if you if someone has lost their line you feed them questions that will help them remember their line the problem was i thought it was him that was skipping the line and he thought it was me that had skipped there the line go. so we had a problem getting there <laughs> You know, if you've never been on stage, you've never had the opportunity to enjoy that kind of a <laughs> of a scare. Yes. Because <laughs> it yes. is scary. But that's Where are we? How do we get out of this? And right. you live through it. I've never seen anybody die from that one. No. So it's always a... The a wonderful thing. thing about Reader's Theater is you don't have to worry about that. You can just look down at your script. As long as you keep your finger is. where you're going. Yep. And there you are. So what do you plan? What are the plans for the... Uh, uh, ATP going forward to getting back out outside into the environment. I know COVID's still here and it's still a pain and we still mask up. We're going to mask during our performances in, right. the, in the playhouse and stuff. We've had one community, senior community, ask us when we could come to do something. We're looking at that as a possibility, but we're also uh, going to offer them the opportunity to come here to the Schmuckle, and we would put on a performance here for mm. them, which in a lot of ways is is very good for their residents because they don't get out to do things all that often, right. some of them. Um, so it would give them an opportunity to go someplace to theater rather than have it brought in. 
Sure. So that's a possibility. Other than that, we just have to wait till each individual senior community is willing to open up their doors again. It's still a, it's still a dicey situation. It is. Vaccines or no, yep. it's still a problem that uh, we're going to be facing for quite a while, it appears. So um, anything else about the theater? What do you think about the theater today, the, the Old Town Playhouse and, and where it's been, where it's going? What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, from that original question of do you guys need any help, <laughs> you know, I feel like I've done so much here and I've grown as a person, as an actress, as a director. I've grown in my ability to be helpful, and now I'm at a place in my life where my body is telling me I can't do all these things that I wanted to do before. Mm -hmm. And so I'm having to pull back a little bit in the things that I want to do here for the theater. I see the theater itself um, changing in that Many of us are aging out, as they have said, and I take it as a privilege to be able to do whatever I can do as long as I can do it. And it's it's pretty much what I tell my children about birthday parties. You know, I'll do them as long as I can, but after that, eh, you know. <laughs> Somebody else takes over. <laughs> That's right. And there you have it. And I've been kind of concerned that I haven't seen as many younger people in the roles at the Playhouse that I would like to see them in. And now that is starting to change. Right. The younger people who've been here, who've been in plays, who are, I'm, I'm talking younger people, 30 to 50 group. Right, exactly. That now they're finally seeing that we older people have been taking care of this for 20, 30 years, and they're gonna have to step up or we're not going to exist. Right. Because we're away. all going to age out. If it and goes away, there it, it is. Yeah. And so I'm excited to see that they are stepping into roles that will keep us they going for many more years. Seeing a lot more young people coming up. That's yeah. good. Well, Margaret Ann Slauson, thanks so much for this chat. It's been a delight. Thank you. Well, that's it for another episode of OTP Voluntary Table. My thanks to Margaret Ann Slauson and Break a Leg on October 1. The calendar for the week of September 26th. Auditions for Together We Sing. It's a musical. Begins at 7 o'clock in the Schmuckle Theater at the Playhouse on Monday and Tuesday, September 27th, September 28th. Bring 16 bars of a song and maybe the sheet music if we don't have it and some comfortable clothes. The Age to Perfection group presents their play on October 1, 2, and 3 in the Schmuckle Theater. 7 o'clock performances for Friday and Saturday. At 2 o'clock, I believe, for Sunday matinee. For more information, call the box office. Coming up on October 14th, Godspell opens for a two-week run. Tickets on sale now at theoldtownplayhouse.com. That's it for now. If you would like to tell your story or would like to hear about someone else or you have questions or comments, send off an email to office at oldtownplayhouse.com and we will get back to you. OTP Volunteer Table is produced in association with the Old Town Playhouse of Traverse City, Michigan. Our music today is Talkies by Hama Hama. And this is the Old Town... 
the OTP volunteer table. I am Don Kuhlhorn, and we will see you on the boards. Thank you.